A Nazi's dying note names a Chicago filmmaker. A disabled girl goes missing in the San Francisco underworld. A serial killer stalks the Idaho Lake Country. Mysterious deaths terrorize a Montreal hospital. A ghostly murder threatens New Mexico's upper crust. A wayward will and a summer of strife bring murder to Memphis. A tech mogul finds a shadow world of depravity and murder beneath the streets of New York. A cross-country chase to find a mob treasure threatens the witness's family. A billionaire eager to clear his name cracks open Chicago's deepest perversions. And one of the most famous hard-boiled detectives of all time shares his most baffling adventures. This is Dark Justice, a dark mystery bundle by the best voices of the 20th century and the most promising talents of the 21st. Ten books, ten adventures, ten puzzles to twist you in knots by ten voices that will haunt you long after the last page turns. Set your own price and get Dark Justice now at storybundle.com slash crime. Offer ends November 19th. Hello, and welcome to the next 10,000 Hours, your voyeuristic look at a young publishing and media company. I'm Kitty Nickian, and... You might have noticed that J. Daniel Sawyer is not here this week. He's helping a friend escape from the urban jungle to melt peacefully into the sand, and for that, he has to spend a week in Perga. I mean, California. Which leaves me here, all alone, with the dog. Such a warm cuddly dog, and I'm so, so lonely. God, why didn't I get a horse? Um, anyways, back to our topic. Flying solo. Something that we haven't had to deal with for much of this past year here at the studio. When you work at home, with no other human company except what you find on the internet and TV, how do you stay sane and get any work done? For about the first two days of having the house to yourself, you will revel in the quiet, make all the food that no one else you live with will eat, walk around the house wearing nothing but your hand-knit socks, well, it was laundry day, and get loads done, much of it laundry, while reveling in the quiet. Then the quiet slowly eats your brain. You start having conversations with your dog and speaking back on her behalf. When she tells you she's not only a card-carrying member of the Federalist Party, but a minor deity from the planet, you realize you might have to take care of your mind just a little bit. So you put on pants, take a walk on the beach, and talk to the three other dog owners crazy enough to walk their dogs at high tide in a rainstorm, and feel a little better about the world. At least after the nice shower and the cup of hot coffee. Mmm. Cuh. I'm sorry. Then you settle into your chair, put on some background music, and get back to work. Hey, what can I say? Working alone is hard. And I say this as an introvert who spends most social gatherings in a corner with the host's cat. Make time for exercise. Play with your animal friends. Eat healthy. Speak to other humans. Bathe, even though there's no one there to smell you. It's simple, but it'll take you by surprise, and it might take a while to remember that you need to do the little things that take care of your body and your brain. But if you're making a living at the arts, that glob of electrically charged tissue between your ears is a precious jewel. Keep it hidden. Keep it... Wait, no that's not right either. Just take care of it, okay? And now, story time. For this episode's story, we bring you the opening of Suave Rob's Double X Daring Do, read by Dave Robison. 
I found out about the rest when I woke up seven hours later with bruises on my solar plexus and the hangover from hell, staring up at the bottom of a hard, flat cot that looked like it had been hung on the bulkhead with bookshelf brackets, then decorated by the kind of graffiti artists that normally frequent men's bathrooms. Turning my head, I found out that someone had decided that my ear could use some rearranging. I winced like, well, like a girl, I admit it, or like a little boy, like someone who hadn't grown a pain threshold yet at any rate. And that drew a, God damn, dude, are you finally awake? From the bunk above me. If that's what you call it, God. I tried rolling over the rest of the way. Before I got all the way over, I heard, Don't stand up too fast. But I heard it too late. Instead of popping up to sitting, I smacked my head on the underside of the bunk above me and went tumbling to a slow sprawl against the floor. I hadn't been queasy before I sat up. Now my inner ears were doing the samba trying to catch up with my body. Oh, don't tell me, I said. The security office is up near the hub. Three down from dead center. I flipped over and stayed laying on the floor. Jeff stuck his head out over the edge of the second bunk. You look like hell. I reached up and touched my face, managing not to move anything other than my arm. The side of my eye, and pretty much all around it, burned like my fingers were on fire. I gave up makeup when I was eight and figured out I wasn't really a girl. I like to check every so often and make sure it still doesn't fit. What happened? He filled me in. When he got to the point where the guy whose face I washed cracked me across the skull with his chair, someone from the next cell called out, Christ Jesus, won't you two shut up? Some of us are trying to sleep in here. Jeff shouted, Sorry, before I had a chance to find a piece of my mind to throw at the cuss. So I laid back on the floor, comfortable as any bed in gravity this low, and closed my eyes and pretended I was space diving. Low gravity normally doesn't get me down, and I never get dropsick. But I normally don't drink enough for five hangovers and then beat my head against furniture before I jump out an airlock either. A man's doing all right when his body obeys him, even when it doesn't want to, right? After a while, I heard Jeff moving around, then his boots plinking on the deck and the vacuum pump on the toilet. God love him, he was trying, but every little sound was like he was twisting screws at the base of my skull. Hey, brother, he whispered, bumping my side. Have some of this. I cracked my eyelid open and pointed a shy pupil at him. He was holding a plastic cup. Go on, it'll help. Water? He nodded. With hangover powder. Bring it. I closed my eyes and batted my hand around until Jeff caught it and shoved the cup into it, then got to play the equilibrium game by trying to drink in low grab with my head spinning and my stomach doing the cha-cha. I even won. Didn't spill so much as two drops. Might not be a real sport, but when I'm hungover, I'll take my gold medals where I can get them. After three swallows, I was ready to brave my ear canals. I sat up. Better? Scrats, dude. I resisted the urge to rub my face. Now that I wasn't trying to rearrange the universe with my headache, 
my face blooms were putting on a symphony for me. What did you say he hit me with? Chair. Wait, that one he was sitting on? The very one, suave Rob. Damn. This time I did rub the wound and got the reward of a hot blood rush everywhere. Gotta love pain gate endorphins. So when do we get out of this roach motel? Morning. We're on a space station. What do they count as morning around here? About three hours, Jeff yawned. So why are you up? He shook his head. Couldn't sleep. You got me thinking. I snorted, then laughed. Then it got away from me and I laughed loud enough to get the other cell shouting at me again. Hell spells, brother. Whatever I said, it was the beer talking. I don't think so. You didn't go to college, did you? I squinted at him. Do I look like the kind of fellow who'd waste the best adrenaline years like that? Right. So we had this old saying in Latin there. In vino veritas. Wait, you went to college? Right. Swear to Thor. Okay, so what does that have to do with last... The line, man. The line. The line? Yeah, last night you were going on about the line. How we never really put our asses on it anymore, because it's all too safe. Oh, right. I didn't remember actually saying it, but I'd thought it long enough. Like Gurgle Tipler in the first orbital skydive competition, going bonsai like that for the first 16 miles. Tipler's always had a special place in my pantheon. Dude was a god. And when he won the first interstellar Newtonian nav competition a hundred years ago, they said the thing I want people to put on my tombstone. That Gurgle Tipler's one hell of a fella. Except, you know, with my name and not his. Yeah. The line. Okay, right, so I've got a point. What's yours? I think I figured out how to do it. It. It? Like, how to find the line? Exactly. Okay, what you got cooking? The old coot's voice from the other cell shouted again. Shut up in there, will yous? You shut up, I shouted back, savage as I could. Or I'll smash your fingers when they let us out of here. Man can't get a good, honest night's sleep. The grumbling kept on, but I couldn't make it out and didn't really give a damn. So, I said to Jeff, the line. You want something that nobody's done before? That we'd have to figure out how to survive on our own? That ain't safe in anyone's universe? Yeah, that's more or less it. Well, he leaned in and whispered, what about surfing? What is this, Hawaii? No, no, hear me out. You surf on the ocean, all you're doing is riding a wave front. Don't look now, dude, but that's kind of the definition of surfing. Right, but water isn't the only thing that propagates waves. Like what? Well, railguns ride an electrical pulse. I shrugged. I'm usually more the guy that gives physics the finger than the guy that can put his finger on physics. Okay, if you say so. So you're thinking surfing on Jupiter's moons? He shook his head. Bigger. 
think the biggest wave in the universe. Solar sails? That's not exactly, no, bigger. He held out his arms as wide as he could. You got me, dude. How about, he caught himself on the edge of shouting and lowered it back down to a whisper. How about a supernova? Suave Rob's Double X Daring Do is now available on Audible.com, as well as in print and ebook. And now, Kitty's Corner. Today, on a dark and stormy Halloween night, I ponder the holidays. All of them. Holidays according to Kitty. Halloween. Once upon a time, a fantastic, glorious night of childhood freedom, hijinks, and sugar comas. Now mostly a day for grown-ups to disapprove of other people's costumes. Veterans Day. Day set aside to be nice to your uncle and to remember that the beginning of the 20th century really kind of sucked. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the day the American president forgives a turkey for being a goofy-looking bird. This is the only turkey in America that doesn't get stuffed with bread and sage and oysters, thrown into a fire, and then promptly forgotten for pie. Christmas. Ah, the biggest holiday of the year. I have such fond memories of Christmas. Hunting trees in the forest. Baiting Santa traps with cookies and eggnog. Setting out bowls of oatmeal on the roof for the reindeer. Being sad that I still didn't catch one. Christmas. It's a magical time of the year, which is why it lasts for four months. New Year's Day. Best food of any holiday, soup with rice cakes, candied sardines, sweet red beans. Hey, you do New Year's your way, I'll do it mine. Martin Luther King Day, President's Day, Arbor Day, and Columbus Day. Any holiday that does not include traditional feast foods, traditional nudity, traditional drunkenness, or traditional shenanigans does not count as a holiday and is just a day without postal service. Sorry, guys. Valentine's Day. Once upon a time, it was a wonderful holiday celebrating the joys of mild BDSM, roast goats, and fertility. We have since perverted this fine holiday with chocolate trapped in pink hearts. Poor chocolate. Mardi Gras. The world's biggest costumed street party. Like springtime Halloween for grown-ups but with less chocolate and more boobs. April Fool's Day. Now, there's no feast involved with April Fool's Day, but it is quite possibly the best holiday ever, because shenanigans. And also because it's the one day of the year that no one believes anything they read on the internet. Memorial Day is absolutely a real holiday, because barbecues. Fourth of July. Barbecue! Things that go boom with lots of pretty colors, and potential alien invasion. Labor Day. Once it was the last day of summer before school. Now it's just the first day off from school because the school year has to start before stores are allowed to sell Christmas stuff. It's a roll. By 2025, Christmas shopping will probably start July 6th. Sorry, future children of America. And that concludes Holidays According to Kitty. That's it for today's Kitty's Corner. And remember, if you haven't been cornered by a kitty... You're probably not made of fish. And remember, the Dark Justice Story Bundle featuring ten great crime novels, including Volume 1 of the Clark Lantham Mysteries and Then She Was Gone, ends in nine days. Don't miss out. 
Well, that's all for this week. Please be sure to join us in two weeks when Dan returns from the purgatory of the urban sprawl, and we talk about things. The Next 10,000 Hours is a production of Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated in Lincoln City, Oregon, and features Poor Una Cabeza, a work in the public domain arranged and performed by Danny Shade. This podcast is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, and all other rights are reserved to the performers.